Welcome to Right Thinking with Steve Copeland. I'm your host, Steve Copeland, and thank you for tuning in. Let's have a great day. Good morning, everybody. Glad you can be with us today. Well, today we're going to have a very special, special treat. I've got my wonderful friend, Lefford Fate here, and he's going to be talking to you today, and I guarantee it's going to absolutely inspire you and motivate you to, to, to be out there and become a success. Lefford is going to uh, to talk today, and it's called For Real, and it's a talk he does to people all over the world, and I, I'm not going to tell you anything else about it, but you can get more information about Lefford through the introduction to this module, and Lefford is just a, an amazing person who has done so much, and he's done a TED Talk Charleston, and he's been in the prison system, and he's a certified mental health instructor, and uh, an expert and he knows what's going on inside prisons and he knows a lot of things for but all that information you can find in the introduction we're not going to go there with his background today Lefford and I have a mutual friend Don Green the executive director of the Napoleon Hill Foundation we just have a whole lot but I could go on for a long time because me and Lefford spend a lot of time together and I really want to share him with you and I and I want you to be realizing that Another interview in this series on messages from some people that I really respect, the one that we have that Robin Kasarjan did on Houses of Healing, there's a real parallel here. And so we're going to take it from Houses of Healing on how you can use your time wisely while you're incarcerated to know who you are. Lefford's going to take it to a different level, not only knowing who you are, but how to, how to transition your life into the success that you want to have. So with that, I'm going to bring him on in just a second. But let me read this before I bring him on. Leffert is a professionally CM Sergeant Retired Fate has led mentored and served thousands of military members and their families. He spent 31 years in the U.S. Air Force. Leffert served as commander for the 20th Fighter Wing at Shaw Air Force Base in Sumter, South Carolina, as the lead advisor and mentor for 5,000 personnel in 19 squadrons and tenant units operating at 85 F-16 planes. Prior to that post, he serves as the command chief for the 505th Command and Control Wing in Holbert Field, Florida. He is a past recipient of the Meritorious Service Medal with four devices, the Air Force Commendation Medal with one device, the Air Force Achievement Medal, Meritorious Unit Award, the United States Air Force Outstanding Unit Award with Valor and six devices, the Air Force Recognition Ribbon, numerous campaign medals for service in Southwest Asia and Global War on Terrorism, the SNCO of the Year and the Mental Health SNCO of the Year Europe. Since retiring from the military, he was the program director for Geriatric Mental Health Program, director of health services for the South Carolina Department of Corrections, as is currently the director, support services, city of Sumter. He is a best-selling author who co-authored a book called Success Starts Today with Jack Canfield. With all these accolades, he says his greatest accomplishments are being a husband, father, and grandfather. I want to tell you that we're in for a treat today. Leopard is a man after my own heart. 
And so, Lefford, are, are you there with us right now? I am, Steve. How are you doing this morning? Lefford, I'm doing great. I'm doing great because when I went to bed last night, I listened to video, your, watched your video on For Real. And I'm just giving an absolute guarantee to all of you listening that you're going to love this. Lefford is, is a person who just really cares about you, and that's why, that's why I've invited him. But, Lefford, let me ask you, why did you agree to do this show today? See, as you read, I'm a, I'm a retired chief master sergeant. And the word sergeant means to serve. And, and in my favorite book, it talks about being the, the, the servant for all. If you, want to, if you want to actually do well, it's to serve more people and serve better. So I want to do this so I can serve because I understand, I understand a lot of the needs that, that uh, the population that you're dealing with are dealing with because I've been there, done that, and, and I recognize that somebody was there for me that stood in the gap for me, and I owe that back to the world. Well, you're doing it, Lefford. I, you're doing as much as anybody I know. Uh, the last year we spent Design Your Empowered Year, a program that you started with three of your other John Maxwell coach leadership coaches, and it's one of the most powerful programs I've ever participated in. It's changed my life, and that's what I'm trying to tell everybody that's listening. I hope that this is going to change your life, so let's get started. So, Lefford, thank you for telling me that. So let me show them, though, real quick here, a couple things about you that I'm impressed with. This is Lefford in uniform. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to scare everybody with authority here. But Lefford's Le, story that you're going to hear today, he's got he's got a DVD series. He's a best-selling author. Here's the book that he just came out with. That's a little glare on it, but his success success starts today with Jack Canfield. All those chicken soup for the soul books that have been out there. And this is a God bless America photo that I want y'all to see. That's Lefford up on the stage. Lefford, in all seriousness, I want to thank you for your life of service. And I absolutely love it that you've transitioned from, from the military back out. And that's one thing that I want to say. The message that Lefford's going to give you today is going to parallel. Lefford went into the military that you're going to learn at 17 years old and 31 years. And when it was time for him to retire the military, I don't know he knew at all what life could be like on the outside. So if that sounds familiar to you, Lefford, why don't you start, why don't you start talking to us? Because I got into what you're talking about last night and I can't wait for round two of it for me. Roger that. Well, well, again, Steve, thank, thank you. One of the things I want to say up front and first is, you know, many times we go through situations and we use that situation as a club and we beat ourselves up with it versus using that situation as a school that we learn from. And that's what I want to, to put out there to, to you and to the listeners, because I've made a lot of bad choices in my life. I mean, sometimes you, you take a look at somebody where they are and you judge them for where they are, whether that's success or whether that's failure. And a person isn't necessarily who you see at that moment. It's the things that they've gone through. So I always ask this question, Stephen. I'll ask this question to you. How do you make the choices that you make in your life? I mean, go ahead. Okay. Well, I make my choices. I hope I make my choices the way that I'm going to tell you. I try to. 
I, I try to go to the word of the Lord to get what the truth is. That's where I like to start. And no matter what I'm faced with, I try to meditate and pray and, and, and hear what the Lord's telling me it should be. But that didn't happen overnight to get that way to approach life and all. And so, but, but that's how I make my choices. But sometimes I do react because uh, sometimes I'm tired and kind of burn out and my mind's not as clear. And so I try to recognize when my mind's not clear, when it might be a little negative, because if I'm really tired, my thinking's not as good. But but I try to make choices based on 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 on, on the Lord. Right, right. I mean, that's the part. Hey, we got the playbook. We got the playbook, and we follow that playbook. We're going to be successful. You know, I make my choices based on my philosophy. So I'm going to talk to you about this thing called for real, which is philosophy, relationships, equipping, attitude, and leadership. And I'm going to walk through this roadmap that I say is a roadmap to success. And as I was saying, I make my, my choices based on my philosophy, but Steve, I've not always done that. I, I've not always done that at all. Um, and, and it reminds me of when I was a, a younger man and I got into some serious issues with, with, my, with my then wife. I, I actually ran into some negative behaviors that I had done, and it was like a slow, a, a, a cold slap of reality. Um, I was in my house in Minot, North Dakota. It was one of them cold, wet, dreary days in North Dakota. It was minus 50. And I was in my house, and my wife, Tabitha, came up to me, and she said, Lefford, can we talk? I was like, sure, babe. She said, you know, you're winning at work. You're doing a lot of great things. People are patting you on the back. You're getting all of these accolades. You're winning at work, but you're losing my love. And, you know, Steve, I'm ashamed to say that I didn't pay any attention to her. You know, I was just grinding and getting stuff done because I grew up in this environment where, as a man, I was taught that I was supposed to go to work, put food on the table, put a roof over my family's head, uh, nobody ever told me anything about emotional and emotional needs or anything like that. I don't know if you ever learned that, but I did. I was just out there grinding. And, and you know, what? a lot of us men do. We get caught up in what the world says. says. And, and my favorite book, it says, don't conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. At that time, I hadn't been renewed. I just was doing what all guys I knew did. And um, I didn't listen to her. And not long after that, she left. She, she took my son and she left me and I was devastated. And um, I don't know about you, but when stuff like that used to happen to me, I used to blame the other person. I, I wouldn't look in the mirror and say, what did I do to deserve what happened to me? I mean, if I would have listened to her, there, there could have been a lot of things changed. But, you know, I'm not going to go there now because I've got a new wife and new family and all this other stuff. So I'm not going to go there. But if I would, I would have suffered a lot less if I would have paid attention. And I'll ask you this, Steve, because I, and I pretty much know the answer. Has someone ever given you the answer up front and you just didn't pay attention to it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let me count the ways, you know, and yeah. the number of times. It, we, a lot of times we know things and we just put it off because it's not convenient right now. And, and a lot of people say, well, I know I'm going to do that, but I'm not ready to do it yet because they're having too much fun. They're too wrapped up, too much pleasure they're involved in or whatever the reason. But yeah, 
that's my answer to that. Yeah, one of the times I said, you know, I think, to, to be honest, I think the biggest gap in life isn't between what we know and don't know. The biggest gap in life is between what we know and don't do. Because most often we know what we're supposed to do. There's that still small voice. There's that, you know, back when we were kids, there used to be like little cartoons where you see the devil on one side of your shoulder and the angel on the other side. We know somebody's telling us and then we just don't do that. But so as I was following through this, this, this philosophy, I, I decided then after I lost my family that mm-hmm. I would go back to my roots and always take care of my family because that's what I was raised. I was, my, my mom and my dad, they went through a whole bunch of stuff, but what they did was always look to take care of their family. So let's fast forward a few other years. I'm a, I'm a senior master sergeant. I'm stationed at RAF Lake and Heath in England. Another one of those cold, wet, dreary, but this time it was a summer day. Uh, England is, ah, it's just, it could be beautiful, but it can always, always be cold, wet, and dreary. And I got a call from the wing commander, and the wing commander was, was more like the mayor of a city or the governor of a state, or let's call it the warden of an institution. That's how big a deal this guy was. So I get a call from this guy and says, hey, Sergeant Fate got an opportunity for you want you to stay in England for a couple of years and become my deputy inspector general. Now, this is a big deal because I'm an enlisted guy. I was enlisted in a, in a deputy IG is a officer position, a senior officer position at that. And I figured that if I get this job, I would get to stay in England for a little longer so my son can graduate high school. Um, in the military, I, every couple of years, I was traveling to different states doing different things. And my kids never really got a chance to be in a spot for very long. And so I figured by going through this process, if I stayed in England, I could do something for my son and let my son graduate high school with his buddies, which would have been amazing. So I went to the chief master sergeant. This guy was the, the, the senior enlisted person on the base. And I asked him a question. I said, hey, I got this opportunity to stay. And if I stay, my son will get a chance to graduate high school with his friends. And the chief told me that he thought it would be a bad idea if Hmm. I did that. Because staying at a base for too long could negatively affect me getting promoted. Now, the chief was doing this for my own good. How many people in your family, your friends have done something that they thought was for your own good or for your good fun or for the stuff that you wanted to do? They didn't want you to leave your comfort zone or theirs. I mean, it's happened to me many a times, but he was out there trying to help me. But I was I was stuck because, Steve, this is where I was. It was like I could I could get promoted and hurt my son or I could take care of my son and never get promoted again. It was almost like that situation. What am I going to do? Am I going to be a good dad or am I going to be a good airman? Am I going to be a good dad or a good airman? And I was, it was, it was ripping me apart. And I, I went into this, the chief's office. I was feeling like, like, like King Kong, man, I tell you. And I walked out like cheetah. You know, the little, little, little monkey on Tarzan. It, this is how I felt. I was terrible. I was, I just wasn't doing well. 
And I ran and I went to my office and my boss, a, gay, a guy named James Dickerson, told me something that I will never forget. Never forget it. And this is one of the things, this is a message for you and everybody that's listening, Steve. Sometimes you got to go to somebody that knows what's happening. Somebody that's a mentor, somebody that's a trusted agent, somebody that's, that's got your best thoughts. Somebody that's been there and done that and, and asked a question. And this guy spoke into my life and he, he encouraged me. And, and Colonel Dickerson said something I'll never forget. He said, if you make chief, you're going to be chief for a little while but you're gonna be a dad for the rest of your life. And being a dad is more than about being a dad, it's about building a dad. And the kind of dad you are to your son will be the kind of dad that he's gonna to be to his children. And um, th that kind of hit me hard because nobody's ever put those words to me like that, that it is more important to take care of, of your family or uh, to, to follow your philosophy, your definite major purpose than just be going out there doing any and everything. Jim Rohn, a, a great motivational speaker and philosopher, he said something to me that I, I think, he didn't say it to me, he said it in one of his books. He said, be careful of what you're going for because of what it may make you at the end, right? So I was going for the win at, at work, but I was leaving my family out. So in this situation, Colonel Dickerson taught me a lesson that I should always take care of my family. Now, why is that important? Well. I, I decided to follow through and be the dad that I should be for my son. Uh, my son got to graduate with his, with his buddies. He met his wife, who is the, the mother of my three, of two of my three grandchildren. And I have an opportunity to be a granddad and he actually gets to be a good dad because I actually got a chance to show him what being what, what family is about. It's what, so think about it. What is your, what is your why? Who is, why are you there? And your philosophy will lead you to greater health because to me, philosophy is like a North Star, Steve. If you don't have a North Star, you remember in our favorite book, I like to say my favorite book, it says without vision, what happens? The people uh, perish. You perish. You perish. And perish, and, and actually my first marriage perish because I didn't keep my eye on the prize. I wasn't focused on what I need to do. So I'll ask you out there, anybody, think about this, write this down. What is your philosophy? What are you, who are you? What are you about? What do you know? And what do you do with what you know? Because it's not enough to just say, I know, but what do you do with what you know? And I think that'll serve each and every one of us well, whether we're transitioning from the military, when we our returning citizen, whether we're a father. And listen, I, I messed up with my first son, but my first son and I have a wonderful relationship now because I didn't just leave it there. I went back, apologized, talked to him, and I made retribution for what I'd done. So what is your philosophy? Take some time. This is, it's not a think about, it's a go do. Take some time to figure out what your philosophy is. And if you can live your life by your philosophy, you can do well in any endeavor. So that's my thing on philosophy, Steve. What are your thoughts? Well, Lefford, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And, you know, we've had the pleasure to do maybe nine or 10 
uh, radio shows together and we've traveled and we've talked. I mean, we, we got a lot of time here. We probably talked for a couple hundred hours just in straight conversation to try to talk about what's, you know, what's our purpose. And, but we always go to the main thing. It's not just what our purpose is. It's how we take our purpose, which is to make the world a better place. And how do we apply that and help other people do it also? And so I, I think you, I, I want to listen to you, Leopard. They, they got a chance to listen to me 20 or 30 hours in this curriculum that I'm doing. But, yeah. you know, you're, you're the guest today, and I love it. I just, I, just want the, I just want to share you with them more. So please continue. Right. I mean, and thank you for that. One of the things, but, you know, if you have a great philosophy, it's just like faith without works is dead. Philosophy without, you know, the rest of this roadmap is, is basically a pipe dream. Because you can have a great philosophy, but I think the most important thing after philosophy is relationships. Because relationships matter. Take care of them and they'll take care of you. Now, both you and I, this isn't a religious show, but both of us will always talk about our greatest relationship is with our Lord and Savior, right? Absolutely. Relationships matter. Take care of them and they'll take care of you. But there, So there's a spiritual and there's a physical. Because one of the things that that we, you and I have not talked about much, we'll do this on another show, uh, is that we are spiritual beings gifted with intellect on the physical plane. Spiritual beings gifted with intellect on the physical plane. So basically for me, we have connection, a relationship with our creator, and we, were, and we connect with that source all the time. So what are those relationships? Our relationships is our relationship in Christ. But again, the reason that I'm on this show right now is because of a relationship that I developed with Jeff Heiser, which was another John Maxwell guy who served in the Navy. I served in the Air Force, and we connected and talked. He interviewed me on his show and connected me with Steve because both of us have a desire to support and help people that have been incarcerated and, and, and returning into society. I gave a TED Talk based on correcting corrections why am I in prison based on people that I saw that were incarcerated that maybe had mental health issues, maybe came out of bad environments. And so based on that conversation, that relationship, he introduced me to you, Steve. You had me on your show and we developed a wonderful relationship to help us both grow. Based on that relationship, you connected me to Don Green, the, the, the executive director of the Napoleon Hill Foundation, and I was engaged, and you gave me an opportunity to do two of my greatest desires. One is to serve my fellow man, and the other to take care of veterans. I spent 31 years in the military. I lost a lot of people. One of my best friends died at 53 years old because he couldn't transition well from the military to civilian. And so he got into drinking. He wouldn't, he refused to go get help from a mental health professional psychiatrist. So he would just talk to me and other folk and he didn't transition well and he ended up dying. And so I never wanted that to happen to anybody else, not just my friends, but anybody else. I wanted to be able to serve. And you, based on our relationship, you put me in contact with one of your, one of your mentors. And it's not just any old person. This is one of the top people in the world you put me in contact with him based on our relationship. He gave me a chance. He actually sat down and spoke to me and talked to me and listened and is helping me 
realized my dream to write a book to help veterans in that transition so we don't have to lose any more people. Well, so for, relationships I, matter, bro. I just want to interject something here. I wasn't going to interrupt you much today. <laughs> I listen to it, but no. Now, Don Green is doing one of these messages to to the returning citizens, just like you're doing today. He's one of the right. people that I've asked to do messages because this is the best I can give people. And I just want to I just want to continue something you said about associations and and mentors. After Jeff Heiser introduced me to you, you ended up introducing me to John Hagen, and John Hagen is is incredible. And and so I got to meet John Hagen, and I went to a a corrections annual American Association of, of Corrections, and John Hagen introduced me to the organization that is is making it possible for us to be here doing this curriculum and these messages. And so it just keeps on going when you surround yourself with the right people. And that's one of the cornerstones of success. Hey, by the way, Lefford, I gotta I gotta put this in and I, I won't go too much long on it, but that's how we like to engage. On the show that I listened to last night that you're delivering the same basic message today, you, you specifically asked when you started, what is your definition of success? What does success mean to you? And, and <laughs> I think you went a little different direction today, which is, you know, you got, you got books and books, you're a best-selling writer and an international motivational speaker. Uh, I think you've been receiving some, some wonderful accolades with uh, Toastmasters speaker, uh, speaker of the year, and uh, it might be national or South Carolina, at least I know, but, but what, what I'm trying to say is this, I thought a whole lot about it. Uh, I couldn't give a quick definition of success. I felt kind of like, I felt kind of a little inadequate for a moment while I was listening to you because I was into some deep thinking as I was following what you're talking about. And here's what I came up with. Success for me is waking up every day and being thankful for the life that I've got, no matter what is going on and knowing, absolutely knowing that it's going to be okay. As long as I stay in the word and keep trying to move forward, that I, I don't I don't fret and I don't worry and I don't have fear of the future. And and for me, you know, success is being able to accomplish and achieve your purpose and your goals. And you got to know your purpose. And I know my purpose is to try to love everybody and help them have a better life. And so that's my my answer to you about success is, but it's about being thankful. And that's why in all of my correspondence, some people said, well, Steve, that's not real love. That's not real proper sometimes, as you say, respectfully or sincerely when you write a big letter to somebody. I always just say thanks because my life's built around thanks for what the Lord's done for me, putting me in touch with you, giving me the opportunity to be here right now doing this message to returning citizens that you and I just want so desperately that they'll come back and restore their lives to a life that they really want. It's good. But Steve, success is in the eye of the beholder, right? You have to decide what your success, one of, I think one of the problems that we have in life is that we wanna put our success on other people. One of the things, one of the things for me that, was, that was, was actually pretty rough is that my daughter, my young, it's not my youngest daughter, it's my middle daughter, I wanted her to be successful in my eye. And I, she was a good student. She was a really good student. And we've talked about this before. I remember one time she was, um, 
she came to me because we were talking about this show. There was a show out there called 13 Reasons Why. And in, in 13 Reasons Why, it, it was about a young girl who ended up committing suicide and then she left all these, these tapes and they were listening to the tapes. And uh, I was like, well, I just don't understand why she would kill herself, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm talking. And, and, and my daughter said, Dad, you know, how sometimes people just make you feel terrible about yourself. They don't see who you are and what you're all about. They just drag you down. And I'm a dad. I was like, who? Who did that to you? Who made you feel that way? And she said, you did that. And I'm like, what? what? What are you talking about? She said, I remember this time where, you know, I brought my report card in and I had like a hundred, a 98, a 97, a 98, and a 92. And, and what you said to me was, was you know, what, what happened here? Now, what I said was, hey, babe, you did really, really well. Um, I think you're amazing. What can I do to help get that 92 up to the 98s and, and the 100s that you have? What she heard was, you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You're not working hard enough. Um, she said, you remember when I wanted to go hang out with my girlfriends? We were going to go to to Myrtle Beach. And you were like, no, you don't know them people. What's going on? And I was asking yourself, do these people smoke and drink and do drugs or do that stuff? She's, and she said, she said, what? you made me feel like I was a skank or a whore or, or just an alcoholic. And I was like, that's not what I meant. What I meant was, I love you. I don't want anything to happen to you. I want to protect you. So what I was saying was not what she was hearing. And I wanted her to be this prissy, Miss Pollyanna, Miss Christian girl wearing the long dress like Little House on the Prairie. And my success was the way I saw it, not what she wanted. And, and I didn't get it. So sometimes people put success on you. So whatever you define success as is your success, but work towards it. As long as you don't take anything or hurt other people, that's what your success is, Steve. And so, uh, but I think you got to have a target to aim at. So if you define what your success is and work towards that, and whether you succeed at first or fail, at first, it doesn't matter. Just keep going towards your success. And I want to speak directly to somebody. I hope somebody's hearing me. That's a returning citizen. What you did to this point does not matter. You can turn it around. You cannot change your past, but you can change your direction. So find out and decide what success looks like to you. What is it that will make you successful? What will make you receive your purpose and go towards that. And with God's help, you'll get there. Now, God's help and your work, you'll get there. Lefer, can I ask you a quick question on what you just said? Yes, sir. Will you clarify one thing? Just make a statement on this. There's a lot of people who are moving toward their goal and can be incredibly successful. And if their goal is something like, I want to be the best bank robber in the world. They can set that as their goal. They can become successful at it. But I'm not sure that's the... I mean, that's the definition of success, but... No, no, that could be somebody's definition of success, but is success something that you do not hurt or take away from somebody else? It's, a, it's, a, it's an appropriate goal that is relevant. I mean, like you said, you could be the, you could be the best crackhead in the world, but is that a relevant goal for somebody? So it's, it's... But I hope people get me, and I appreciate you saying that, 
because there's some people that think so long as I win, that's success. But if you win by taking from somebody else, there was another saying in my favorite book that talks about what good is it for a man or woman to achieve the world, but to lose their soul. Good answer, Lefford. I'm going to accept that as a double thumb. That's, that's, it's not, you can get a lot and not be successful, but success is, is getting the right things without hurting other people in the, in that thing. It's who, it's not what you get at the end of the day, Steve. I think it's what you become. And, and when you can look back on your life and say, this is who I am, I am. And you know, I am is a very powerful, who am I? I am, I am. So when you, who are you at the end of the day? Success is so a journey. Relationships matter. Relation, you are the combined average of the five people that you hang around with most. So as you transition from where you are to where you want to be, find those five, four or five people that you're with that is going to inspire you, lift you up, grow. And again, it doesn't have to be somebody that you look at every day. Books, podcasts, radio, the Right Thinking Foundation, Designing Your Empower Year, books, the Bible, whatever it takes for you to wrap yourself around people that are going to support you and lift you up, but not pull you down. And this is the deal. We all know who we should and shouldn't be hanging around with. I'm, I'm going to, I believe all of us have the right spirit and the right knowledge to know this is the right place to be and not the wrong place to be. Now, it's not always easy. It's not always easy, but it's not, but just just because it's hard, that means we can't do it. Les Brown says, it's hard, so let's do it hard. Don't do the wrong thing. Do the right thing, and we know what that is. So that's philosophy. That's relationship. The next thing out there, because both of those are good, but they're not enough. Because we all know somebody that's very relational, got a great philosophy. They're really cool people, but they're not really competent. That They can't do a job well, and that's not helpful either. I learned this lesson. Um, there, there's two things about this lesson that I think I, I need to say, and I'm going to go and talk about my wife for a minute, just in case she hears this. I need some brownie points, right? So we were, we were doing this thing called a key spouses group. I was the senior enlisted guy on the base, and she was the key spouse coordinator. So what she did was she brought all the, the, the spouses of the military member together and we just talked about ways that they could be successful. She had, she had gone through a, a lot of struggles with me and our marriage and us traveling and the kids and me deployed and in Korea and all these places. So she had to, she had to keep the fires burning when I was away doing the nation's business. So she has a lot to say. So there was this one lady in the crowd that asked my wife a question. And she said, um, Mrs. Fate, does the chief make you happy? Without a pause, Jody was like, nope. Yeah, I was like, what, what, what? And she, she said, I like, explain to these people what you mean, babe. And she said, six months after our marriage, I recognized that Lefford Fate could never make me happy. Steve, have you ever asked somebody to explain something? And then when they started explaining something, you wish that they would have never explained it. I was like, hey, uh, what you talking? So, (laughs) and she fixed it. Before this goes from bad to worse, she fixed it. She said, when we got married, Lefford had been divorced. He didn't have a whole bunch of money. 
We left my home in England with my whole family. He brought me to the States. She grew up in this little fishing village in England, and I brought her to Tampa, Florida. She, she, she didn't speak the, we, she was English, but you know, English and American language is, is basically two, two countries divided by common language. She couldn't, she didn't speak it well. She couldn't work. She couldn't drive. She didn't understand the money and she was miserable during that transition. And, and we were fighting and arguing and all this, and we weren't very, we weren't getting along very well as a family. And, and what she says was, he was never ever able to make me happy until I decided to be happy. And when she made that choice to be happy, she was a, she was the person that says, I'm the only one that can do this. Then we became very, very happy together. So the equipping thing is what we learned through that process. And one of the things we learned is there's three parts to equipping. I think is very important, Steve, listen, learn and lead. And it doesn't matter if you're coming out of incarceration or if you're coming out of the military, whether you're going from high school to college or, or whatever, you got to listen, you got to learn, and then you'll be able to lead. And we'll talk about lead towards the end, but I want you to keep that as a major, a major thing. Listen, when you get out, there are going to be people that are going to be able to help you transition properly that got your best interest at hand. Listen, the, the lay of the land is different. Uh, the, the way the world goes now, you know, one year, three years, five years, it is not the same as it was a year ago. Look at what's happened in the last year, Steve. There's so many things that's changed. So you got to listen to your environment, figure it out, right? You got to learn everything you can. What is it going to take me to be successful in this environment? Who are the right people I need to be around? What are the jobs? What are the bad places that I need to avoid? What do I need to learn? before you get out, during the transition and after you get there, and then leave. And the, and the most important person, one of the things I'm going to talk about is leadership, but I'm going to jump there right now. Everything rises and falls on leadership, Steve, everything. But the first person you got to lead is yourself. The first thing you got to leave yourself, because if you don't lead yourself, somebody else will lead you. And where will some people lead you? They may lead you in the wrong direction. They may very well lead you in the wrong direction. Lefford, let me, let me interrupt you for a second. Please. I believe that your message is, is incredibly powerful, and you are doing exactly more. I mean, it's not more because I know you. You're yeah. doing exactly what I ask you to come on to the show to do this interview today. And so uh, I want to change the – the, 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 the rules, the game, the format, just for a second. All right. I want to break this interview into part one and part two because I know how much more you've got that I would like to have you expose my, my returning citizen friends to. Okay. So I, I would like to you, – you just brought out what I think is the single most important thing that you've said so far in this show, and that is – when your wife came to her own decision that it was only her that if she didn't make that decision, nothing else was going to work in your life with her. She had to make it. And so I would, I would like to close this interview right now and, and, and stop it. And then we're going to pick back up on part two, because I think that's just a good break right now. So 
if that's okay with you, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you if we can do a part two, we'll, we'll just stop for a second here and then start with part two. We'll take a little break here. Um, so would you like to say anything as we transition in part two, we're going to, we're going to sign off in about 30 seconds, then come right back on with the part two. It'll be two separate, two separate videos that returning says can do. They can go to sleep, meditate on what you've just said for part one and, and, and hope that most of them come back for some more the next day. Okay. So would you like to say anything at all? I'll say any, if I had to say anything is that you can do this. If you have a burning desire, <laughs> figure out what you want to do and then work towards it. Success is like a bowl of chili. All the good stuff, but there's going to be failure in it and, and fail forward. That's all I got to say for that one. That's beautiful. So look, everybody, I hope you're enjoying Leffert and um, we're going we're, we're gonna to take a break for a minute here. We're going to come back with part two, but part two is going to center on equipping yourself to go out and reach the success and have the kind of life that we're talking about. So with that said, thank you and uh, tune in for part two. Welcome to part two of the of Leffert's message. And uh, I assume that you've listened to the first part by now, but I'll tell you this, if by accident you haven't listened to the first part, this part's going to be just as good as what you did. You can go back and listen to the rest of this, then go back to the first part. Leffert, when I was uh, a kid, we were just talking yesterday with my family. We always went to the movies, but I never saw a movie from the beginning. My, I'd get dropped off whatever time it was playing because my life was at the convenience of the adult that let me go to the movies. So if the movie was like 15 minutes from the very end, that's you have to sit there and wait till it started over again. And so that's why I like the Star Wars stuff, because it started at the end and you got to know what happened later on. But Leffert, I'm just trying to, to tell you this. I've listened and reviewed the first interview that we did, the first part of this interview. And I just want to say God bless you, Leffert. Thanks. Thanks for being with us today. And to all you returning citizens that that have the opportunity to, to, to meet Leffert. The whole purpose of today is I, I want you to get to know Leffert. He's a guy that's been there, done that. And, and one thing that I'm going to ask him to talk about in this segment of his interview is to reinforce. He went into the military at 17 years old for 31 years. So Leffert's life is a life of transition. And so Leffert, I'd like that to be, as you continue your, your talk, I'd like that to be one of the main focuses of what you want to address because everyone that's listening to this, well, we want them to get out and, and just have a wonderful life. And, and, and that transition is not going to be so easy, but they're going to make it. And so that's, that's what I'd like to start with Leopard. Thanks for being back for part two. Okay. Well, we'll go back and I, and I will definitely focus on transition because it is, as you say, I went from my parents' house at 17 to uncle Sam's house and I spent 31 years in, and that transition was, was, was pretty huge for me. And it is not a single occurrence. It's an everyday thing that you're continuously transitioning. But as we went through, the, the roadmap that we've been following is called For Real, and this philosophy, relationship, equipping, attitude, and leadership. And we talked about philosophy, that your philosophy is a choice. You make your philosophy and that's your North Star. We talked about relationships. Relationships matter. Who are you hanging around with and who's helping you get the way you need to get to? Equipping is, 
Equipping is listen, learn, and lead. As you go through the process, listen, learn your environment, and, and then you can lead. And as you lead, you lead yourself first because you are the person that can make the decision. No matter what your circumstance, you can make the choice to do what you need to do. So now let's, let's talk a little bit about attitude. And the whole thing about attitude to me is to be a thermostat, not a thermometer. Now, Steve, just real quick, you gave me that quizzical look. What, what do you think the difference between a thermostat and a thermometer is? Well, a thermostat's where you set the temperature that you want it to be, and a thermometer tells you what the temperature is. Exactly. And that's the deal for the whole transition. When you get in the, in the prison system that you're in right now, and when, you just, when it's time for you to get out, if you are a thermometer in that environment, whatever's going on in that situation, that's what's going to stick on you. That's what's going to happen. So if it's really hot, you're going to be really hot. If it's really cold, you're going to be really cold. If people are doing crazy, wild things there, if you're a thermometer, you're going to get caught up and do those same things, right? So, but if you're a thermostat, you can actually set your own temperature. You can decide where you're going and what you're going to be doing, right? Get your mind right. If your mind is right, then you can survive any storm. I learned this lesson when I was in, I learned this lesson actually when I was in, when I was in Florida, I'd, I'd gotten into a lot of, I'd gone through a lot of things and I was doing stuff right for a change. Uh, and we didn't talk a lot about some of the issues that I had in the military where I was, I was struggling. When I lost my mother, I started going sideways and I started getting a lot of trouble. I was an angry person. Uh, it, was, it was the best of times, Steve, and it was the worst of times. And it was the best of times because my son was born. On, on March 18th, my son was born. But on March 4th, my mother died. And the people I was hanging around with, it was kind of silly because some of the people were, were telling me, well, you should be happier. You got a son at the same time that I was struggling with my mom's death. But then there were other people telling me that I should be sadder because, you know, your mom died and you're, you're trying to be happy. So I was confused to just getting into all this stuff. But I had turned it around and I started doing the well because I had surrounded myself with people. I had John Gunther was another mentor of mine that helped me go in the right direction. So I started doing all these good things. And I got a call from my career field manager who wanted me to move to another state. And I got to be honest with you, when they asked me to move, I wasn't happy. I was stationed in Tampa, Florida, greatest place city in the world, in my opinion. You know, when I die and go to heaven, I'm going to ask God to let me go back to Tampa on the weekends. That's how much I love Tampa, Florida. It was amazing. But they were sending me to New Mexico. And New Mexico is nice for some people, but it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. So I had this bit of an attitude, and it was a negative attitude. And uh, everybody around me were feeling this little funk that I was doing. And because I was actually being a thermometer, I was letting the situation affect me. I wasn't letting me inside affect the world. I was letting the world affect me. But I ran into this guy who taught me, he said, go find somebody that's bigger, better, brighter, and smarter than you. And you determine your attitude because your attitude is a choice. But your attitude will also determine your altitude. You've been around people that are negative and not very nice, Steve. How did they make you feel? 
Well, yeah, you don't want to be around them for too much because they're going to try to bring you down. Yeah, they will suck. They, they don't even have to say anything. They're sucking the energy out of you. They're, they're energy vampires. But when I decided, when I decided based on that lesson from these people that I'm going to decide my attitude, that is when my life turned around. I, I put my eyes on the prize. I followed somebody that was going to help me get who I want to be. So I became a thermometer, not a, a, a thermostat, not a thermometer. And that's one of the things that I offer anybody. What is it that you want to do? You set your own gauge. You decide where you're going to go. Somebody's doing something that's pushing your button. You can make a decision to get mad and react, or you can think and respond. Think about what's going to be the best outcome for you. That is the difference between being a thermometer and a thermostat. That's the difference between somebody reacting and responding. And attitude is that choice. And if you, you make the right choice, your life will be better. I didn't say easier. I'll say better. Sometimes easy, not sometimes. Most of the time, ease is the enemy of the best you that can happen. Yeah. So we talked about philosophy. We talked about relationships. We talked about equipping. We talked about attitude. You can get all that right. You can get all that right, Steve. And if you don't get this next part right, all of that's for naught. And it's leadership. Everything rises and falls on leadership. And the person that you must lead first is you. Mm. Because think about it. If you let, it's, it's, if you let your emotion, if you let the world, if you let the people around you drag you to where they're going, where do you think you're going to end up? Especially if it's not the right people. Even if even the right people can make you do the wrong things if you're not using your own mind. You know what I mean? You have to think. Napoleon Hill and one of our favorite people, Napoleon Hill talks about own your own mind. Once you can own your own mind, you can lead yourself in the right direction. Because if you lead yourself, I, I would guess, that many of the people that are listening to my voice right now, they, could, they are probably where they are now because they were led down the wrong path by somebody else, somebody or something. In our first interview that we did, I gave you a copy of Outwitting the Devil. Outwitting the Devil. And, drifter. And the drifter. The definition of a drifter is a person who, who, a person who goes aimlessly through life with no sense of purpose. And so in answer to your question, where would you be if you let all these people influence you? You better like playing ping pong because that's what your life's going to end up being as a ping pong game back and forth with going nowhere. Exactly. But if you and if you get into the point where you own your own mind, you figure out what you want. You have a burning desire for what you want. You decide because you can you can kind of wish for what you want. But unless you make that decision, back it with emotion and desire, it's not going to get done. So lead yourself and lead yourself well. Leffert, let me interrupt you just for a second. Right here, I'm holding up your DVD book. Let me get the light right. It's uh, Chief State of Mind. And Leffert, I'm just putting this up there because you give, you give chapters that are all the steps that you need to take to evolve into a person who takes control of your life, chief state of mind. I just want people to know that. Yeah, that, that, and there's something that I know that you've been doing. You've been passing out and getting into people's hands, think and grow rich. Now, 
Napoleon Hill's book, Think You Grow Rich, it's, it's not the Bible, but it is a Bible to some where you can follow this particular thing because it gives you a roadmap of what to follow. Listen, success leaves clues. If you want to be successful, study success. If you want to be fit, study fit stuff. If you want a roadmap, follow the Bible. You know what I mean? But you lead yourself in the right direction. But get the playbook. Get the playbook. My, my book is good. My CD is good. But Napoleon Hill's book will lead you to the right. I, I study that book deeply, and I'm learning every day. So lead yourself well. And this is the deal. If you develop the great philosophy, if you work on your relationships because they matter, if you equip yourself, listen, learn, and lead, if you develop and garner a positive attitude and get rid of the negative attitude and you lead yourself, you will be successful. And that's for real. But let me go here because Steve asked me to talk about the process. You didn't get where you were in a day and you won't get out of where you are in a day. But you can, again, change directions. Um, I, I was in the military, and I was an Air Force cop for a lot of years. And we used to do land nav where we'd get a compass and read a map. You could go into the forest, and this is what I know. You go 10 miles into the forest. When you turn around. The, the moment you turn around, you're coming out of the forest. But you're not out of that forest until you go 10 more miles. So just because you turn, just because you not incarcerated anymore doesn't mean you're all the way back out. You got to make a path and start walking. The beautiful thing is you can start walking that path now. You can go places in your mind. You can go places in books that'll work on your success patterns. So when you step out, you'll be better equipped. When I came out of the military after 31 years, even though I was nervous, even though I was scared, I had equipped myself through those years, going to school, reading the right books, making relationships, talking to people, getting involved with organizations that can help me, right thinking foundation with a positive attitude. I hit the ground running when I left the military. That's why I think I've been successful. But for those people that are believers like I am, I always kept my hand in his hand. And even when I was, when he was dragging me, at least I was being moving forward. So keep your hand in the hand of the man Study, listen, learn, and lead, and you'll be successful. That's all I got for you, Steve. Lefford, I think your next part of your career, can you sing? No, I can't sing. I bet you can. Well, Lefford, <laughs> I, I just, I just want to thank you, and, and I just want to thank you for the person that you are and for all that you've done. And again, I want to thank you for the lifetime of service in the Air Force, but the desire that you have in your heart to, to help other people. And um, I'm, just, I'm just so honored and thankful. It's been a privilege today to share you with, with all, the, all the men and women returning citizens that, that we wanted to deliver a message to, to, to try to encourage them. Can you, can you give us anything at all in closing, just to sum up uh, some words of an, an encouragement, enthusiasm, just to to, to, to end this right now. Well, the encouraging thing to me, Steve, is that there are people out here that want everybody to succeed. If you listen to the media, if you watch the news, if you listen to the negativity that's going on, 
you would think that the world is just horrible, but there are good people out there and there are people that want you to succeed. And every, every success story I know, Steve, every success story I know, somebody started at a low point and they climbed. So no matter where you are today, you can climb out of that and be better. No matter the circumstance, if you can breathe, you can live it. You can grow out of it. The seed, Napoleon Hill, what did he say? You know, any adversity is a seed of an equivalent growth. It's an equivalent rise. And if let's lay slingshot. And I know you said just a moment. The further you pull the sling back, the further the trajectory. So if you've been incarcerated for a long time, you feel like you're way back here. Once you release that, you got so far you can go because some people think you were so far back. So release and be great and go with God. We're going to end it with that, Leopard, because there's nothing much better that I think you could say. So it's been a it's been a wonderful time that we've just shared. And again, thank you and God bless everybody. God bless you. Thank you, my friends. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to Right Thinking with Steve Copeland. I look forward to being with you again next week. And remember, don't quit. Plan ahead. It will get better. God bless you and have a great week.